1: Hi, I'm
2: Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of Peterborough United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy.
3: Hello, welcome to the Yellow Block. If you didn't know by now, this is a Peterborough United podcast. I am Tim and I am joined this evening by Sam. Hi Tim, evening. How are we doing? Yeah, well, I mean, loving weekends now at the moment compared to last year
1: it's uh yeah much more enjoyable going into a fresh week knowing that you're looking forward to the next Saturday after a decent Saturday so yeah great start to the season feeling very happy.
3: Absolutely positive vibes all round and welcoming back for the first time this season there's a few people that were worried that we let him go in the summer but our last top knot is still with us good evening sir. Hi Tim how are you? I'm good you're very happy and cheery but we've also had complete radio silence what's been happening? I've just been getting on with things, you know, Um,
4: impregnated the wife, that was a a big step.
3: Um, It was a very fun
4: couple of months and now it's back to the same old, so.
3: A couple of months? I mean, there's no need to brag.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You make it sound like a business transaction. It very much was. (laughs) Well, congratulations. I'll do that for you.
3: And this is your second, right? Second, that. Yep. Second, so More on torture. your way to a five-a-side team. yeah. Happy days. A couple of other announcements to make as well. Nathan, who unfortunately isn't with us today, he's just got engaged, so congratulations, Nathan. And Matthew Kisby celebrated his 65th birthday this week. Congratulations, Matthew. It wasn't really, it was his 49th, but um, you look at him and, and you wouldn't, I, I know I'm a rich one to talk with this much grey hair, but he uh, he certainly carries himself much older than a 49-year-old, but happy birthday anyway, Matthew Kisby, I'm sure he enjoyed his birthday party at Soft Play this weekend. Since we last recorded, we've played thrice in the league, we've won two and lost one, that one really smarts, does not it? We also won in the League Cup, eh, who cares about that? We'll be looking back at those games and looking ahead to the upcoming features, that's all coming up on the Yellow Block. All right. <laughs> So, posh polls on Twitter threw out some shade this week. They asked posh fans who was the best posh-based podcast, and it was between ourselves and Dara's hard truth pod. Now, perhaps unsurprisingly with his social media following, Dara won this, but it was closer than I anticipated. The yellow block, 39.1%. Hard Truth, 60.9%. However, very classy of the Hard Truth pod. They did come out and say that there's room for both of us in the Peterborough United podcast world, which I thought was quite a... Uh quite a good answer and, and let's not forget of course that dara's pod isn't specifically solely about peterborough unlike the yellow block so stay tuned to the yellow block for your Peterborough united only content that was what i was uh prompted to promote there um do we demand a recount? no i think we'll take that i'm happy with 39 of fans saying that they prefer us over our chairman's pod i think that's pretty good going in terms of club news since the uh, the last pod well there's been uh, matches we've talked about but also Sam there's not been much else happening which is great news really when you consider that we're still in the transfer window no ins and no outs yeah yeah no it's it's it's
1: it's been a we said it didn't we on the season preview pod that it's been a great summer for for posh so far and um, and it remains that way obviously Sammy Schmodix has left since then and, and Posh have for a couple of weeks now been trying to get a replacement for him and had narrowed it down to, to three or four still yet to, to do that, of course. So that's the the piece of business. They'll be really trying to, to push over the line, but, um, you know, at the moment it's, it's looking good. I think obviously you look at the bench maybe on the Saturday just gone and there isn't the, the depth in terms of experience that maybe you would like, um, Considering how long and grueling the season can be, but having said that, you know the, the way they're playing at the moment, that the, the team that they've got is delivering the goods. So um, you know, capped off. I know the red card changed things, but um, five games in is a bit early. But when you play someone like Shepherd Wednesday, who were tipped by all the bookmakers to be. It, first come the end of the season to beat them 2-0 it was you know it's a great early marker for posh so yeah signs are good just hope they get that that number the number 10 in and um, obviously poku back to fitness hopefully soon as well and um yeah it starts to look really good indeed
3: Indeed. No poku, no party. Top not I'm keen to um before we, we kind of touch and break down those last few fixtures, get your kind of overview of the summer, because it's the first time that we've spoken um since the since the relegation. So I know you and I share pretty similar pessimistic views on on the world when it comes to posh. Are you happy with the summer that we've had?
4: Yeah, I think it's hard not to be. I think most of us is expected to lose Ronnie Edwards and, and possibly even Clark Harris coming into the summer. So to still have both of those with us is is a great bonus. Um, yeah, we lose Sammy Smuddocks and, and that's going to be a big loss in, in a lot of regards. But All in all, the squad looks good. The signings we've made look great. Bergstrom looks like one of the best keepers we've had at Posh for 20, 30 years. So you can't be upset with that. And if we go up, there's every possibility that we get him on a a renewed loan for the following season as well. So, yeah, we we look strong. There's issues defensively, but it's Peterborough United. There's always going to be issues defensively. Um, But, yeah, we we look fantastic. And I'm excited to see where we are come the end of the month, because that's when we'll know.
3: Yeah, it's very true. Interesting, Sam, that Top Not mentions about Bergstrom there because I know you and I, on the preview pod that we we did before, we we talked about the sort of unknown entity of of goalkeeping, and it's probably fair to say that the first half of the Cheltenham game, so first half of the first game of the season, we're kind of thinking the worst. But um, it's true what Top Not has just said there. Bergstrom has has turned into uh, Stephen Bender. Who uh, at this point, isn't <laughs> he? I mean, he's he's pulled off some some absolute worldies in the last few. I mean, yeah, you're right. A
1: few weeks ago, we, you know, I think we both came out with the conclusion and the right conclusion that it's way too early to say anything or or, or cast any real negativity at all. You know, pre-season is relevant. We know that from what happened last season with Posh and the fitness of the strikers and, and the whole team. But, you know, when the season starts, you, you do start afresh a bit. And it was a slightly different recruitment strategy with two loan keepers coming in, both very young. There were question marks from Chelsea fans about Bergstrom's appearances last season in their academy side. Um, and he hadn't played a single minute of, of first team senior football. So he was he was unknown. And I think the season performances from both keepers, there there were questions being asked. But I mean, <laughs> he's been absolutely unbelievable and it's obviously because it's Chelsea there are comparisons already being made to to Petr Cech you know one of their all-time great goalkeepers and you know Bergstrom has made you know upwards of a dozen saves you know about 15 saves or so far this season and I'd say probably eight or nine of them are tremendous saves and a couple of them world-class saves as well you know he at the moment is showing like he's got a real future, not just obviously at, at Peterborough this season, but beyond at the highest level. So he's been, he's been great. And, and you know, I guess if you were doing this pod a month ago, you'd now say he's the surprise package, really, of, of the season so far because of his early season form. But, you know, it is only five games in. There's a long way to go. But the early signs from Bergstrom at 20 years old is, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of him and there's a lot to be happy about about him because uh, he's he's been great
3: absolutely and i think it's credit to him as well because he he would he's not you know silly he would have known that there were unfair doubts around perhaps his ability and a lot of question marks around whether bringing in such a young keeper on loan was the right move and there was such a hole left by by Bender who we we put up on this pedestal probably quite rightly so based on his performance but Bergstrom has has come in torn him down off that pedestal and is is set to make that his home he um he's been he's been really really impressive and i i guess top notch for for the fact that the rest of the squad is is as we we know from last season adding somebody like Bergstrom seems to be an absolute masterstroke you mentioned about some concerns defensively um, one position that, that I wanted to talk to you about was was left-back. Now, I got in broad in yet another argument on Twitter with Dara during the week. Um, I tried to tell him uh, that we've one fit left-back in the building at the moment in Tomlinson. He retorted in saying uh, that Butler is is on his way back um, and that Burrows is a, is a left-back. For me personally, Burrows isn't a left-back and, and never will be. Um, and Butler may be on his way back, but he's certainly not there yet. So for me... I I agree with you. I think there are concerns defensively, particularly in depth which again touches on what what Sam was saying, is that the position uh, top knot that, that you would be most concerned about at the moment and I guess do you think they'll make any moves between now and and deadline day?
4: I don't think it's it's a major concern. I, I there are issues defensively, but I don't think it's necessarily personnel. I think you know, you say that Burrows isn't a left back. I I I, I would say Burrows is about as much of a left-back as Ward is a right-back. You know, that they're, they're wingers and wing-backs at best. You know, they offer us more going forward than they ever will going back. So, to treat them as defenders is just wrong, in my opinion. You know, we play with three at the back and it works for us. But, you know, there are weaknesses that come with three at the back and having a, an under six-foot sense back in the centre of those in Ronnie Edwards. So, you know... Bergstrom shores up a couple of the issues that we're going to have commanding the box in terms of free kicks and, and corners, and that's going to help us. But we're still going to have the odd issue here and there with with playing three centre-backs. And, and it's just it's mainly the width. And, you know, we'll deal with that. We outscore teams, and that's what we aim to do. That's the mentality of the club. It always has been. So I, I don't think we'll bring in a defender. I think maybe another centre-mid, but a young one, one that won't play much. And you know, preferably another striker. I mean, David Ajabalai, you know, be him a winger or a striker he looks good. But I'd like somebody with, I don't know, a bit more prowess, I guess. Because Ricky J Jones is our only depth. If uh, if Marriott or or JCH get injured, and you know, if if history tells us anything, it's that Marriott's going to get injured in about two weeks' time. So
3: <laughs> yeah, encouraging. He. he... Made it through the ninety minutes against Lincoln. I want to say off the top of my head, uh, which is I believe the first time in a long, long time that he's made a full game. Um, Sam, you are possibly the nicest human being on the planet, so I want to try and put you on the spot of touch here. Um, top not. I, I,
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at some people on Twitter. That Tim.
3: <laughs> you know how Twitter works, though. You could. You could literally be Mother Teresa, and Twitter would find something negative about right. you. so This is true. Um, I want to put you on the spot of touch about a player that Dan's just mentioned there, which is Ricky J. Jones. Now. Um, he's start. It's he's starting to frustrate me personally, not not him as an individual, but the fact that we're in so insistent on sticking with him. And my take on Ricky J Jones at the moment, and I'm fully aware that he's he's only a kid, is he's very much proven to be a one trick pony, and he's struggling, I believe, to make that step up to consistently play well at League One football. And we know there's a player there. We only have to look back at the Man City game last season. But I wonder, Sam, would we be better loaning Ricky out to a League Two or high-end conference team and bring in somebody that we know can provide slightly more depth than him at the moment to this squad?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I really... I don't know with Lucky J Jones what my thoughts are, to be honest, because I think you've just summed up the the position my head is in when it comes to him quite nicely. And that we've seen flashes of, you know, touching on brilliance from him. He was, he was a real pest, wasn't he against Man City, that the way he was harassing Diaz and Aki and, um, you know, he, he looked, he looked great. And obviously we've, we've seen the best of him in the FA Cup with the Burnley goal, the QPR goal as well. Um, His finish against Plymouth was like his finish against QPR, a tight angle, you know, quite far out and and drills it hard and low. Um, Very, very good finish. So we know he has got the ability to finish marriott We know he's got the pace and he has strengthened up a bit as well. I think we have to remember that Ricky J. Jones is, what, turning 20 later this calendar year. And, you know, he has had a very disrupted run, in, in posh's first team you know three or four seasons is now he's been in the in and around the first team he's still i think yet to hit 60 appearances so um he he hasn't had that regularity so that could point to maybe i'd say league two i wouldn't put him down into the conference i think he's better than that i think league two would be if you if you did that's where you'd maybe put him on loan at but um and you think, again, that might be useful because Joe Taylor is, is quite similar. He's a player who can come on late, he's pacey, he can stretch the game. So do they need both Taylor and Ricky J. Jones as options from the bench? Um, but then, obviously, um, Top Notch just said that Marriott might get injured at some point. So so Posh maybe don't quite know what to do. i like to think there's a player in Ricky J. Jones and maybe just with a bit more... Um, You know, last season, the championship, considering the injuries and stuff, was probably a step too high for him. Hopefully, if he gets more games, more minutes under his belt this season, a few league goals as well, that will give him the confidence he needs. Um, Maybe there might be a January loan for him back end of the season, depending on what Posh's situation is. I don't know, but I just feel like whether it's at Posh or, as you mentioned, maybe a a League Two club on loan, I feel like he will benefit from more regular game time out if he can stay injury
3: free as well. Yeah, Dan, your face there suggested that you disagreed with what I was saying. But the the way I would make this point to you is if you're if you're one nil down to Plymouth in this ten minutes left, and you see Ricky J Jones coming on, are you thinking this lad's going to come on and get us a goal, or are you thinking this lad's going to come on and run really quick but not have any end product with it?
4: Yeah, I, I see what you mean, and and this is why I want to get another another striker in the building. I, <laughs> It, de- it depends on how you see Ricky, I think. W- whether you see him as this out-and-out striker that, that can come on and, and change a game for you, or you see him as that pacey winger. I see him more as a winger. I think he would benefit us more as a, a left-sided attacker that can cut in and you know that's when you tend to see him doing his best he's always on the left side he's always trying to cut in and he's always outpacing players he's not that type of player that's gonna make this amazing run into the box and score this immaculate goal he's just not you know we can train him as much as we can but he's never going to become that player at peterborough united so i'd like another player to replace him purely and simply because i don't think he can change a game for us like you said but I'd like to keep him a club because he's he's a great player to have. You know, he's youthful, he's fast, and he can give us a lot. It's just I think Grant needs to make his mind up where he wants to play him first, and then we'll see if he gets the game time that he, he might deserve in in the cups. But if he's not giving it a training, you know, we don't know what the, the manager sees. So we'll see. Yeah, and I think I think
1: I think the trouble we've got with Ricky J Jones is as well. He, you know, he's been in the first team for four seasons now, and he made so many appearances in that first season four years ago when he was only, I think, 16 and 17. And he's now, this season, he'll be 19 and 20 during the course of this season. So it feels like he's been around a long time um, because really he has. It's only Idris Kanu, Joe Ward, um, who have been around more seasons than him but he still hasn't played that much so his impact maybe it feels like is lower than than what you'd think considering the amount of time but not necessarily the number of games and the stop start nature of him being in and out of the team and injured etc.
4: I I think I think I've got a soft spot for Ricky though just based on his cup appearances he's always that player that seems (laughs) to pop up for us in the FA Cup or the or the Carabao Cup every now and again it's you know I remember going to the Burnley away game and him scoring a goal. I mean, I, I didn't see it. It's where you are in the Burnley ground. It's the exact opposite end of where the goal was, but I knew it was him and I knew the goal went in, so that'll do. Um, but it's, it, I, I'd like to keep him around purely because of, of what he can do in the Cup. And you showed that in the FA Cup last year. He, he just pops up for these big games that mean a lot to some posh fans, m- me being one of them. I know you don't care about the Cups, Tim. Fraud. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's probably going to benefit a lot from a loan move. And I know what you mean about him, him knocking on a little bit now, not necessarily in terms of his, his experience, but his, his age relevant to it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what January holds. I don't think we'll lose him before before January.
3: Fair enough. Well, I'm interested to know what Posh fans think about this one. So let us know on Twitter where you stand on Ricky J. Jones. Um, he seems to be a player that's divided opinion quite a lot recently, which is why I wanted to bring him up this evening. Uh, let's talk about the games since we last uh, spoke then. So Lincoln, let's start with a good one. Lincoln this weekend. This was a hell of a performance, Sam, wasn't it? This was I mean, this was just enjoyable to watch from start to finish.
1: Yeah, I did, I did hear someone text into the radio at the weekend and said that actually the second half was a bit boring. <laughs> and I think while well, that might be true, you know, the game's over after 50 minutes, after what happened last season, I think we'll take being 4-0 up after 50 minutes in a boring final 40, 45 minutes of injury time. So yeah, it was um, unbelievable. I, you know, I think the fact that it could have been six or seven quite reasonably, Marriott could have had a first half hat-trick. It was, um, yeah, it was... And... and you know, didn't quite realise until you look back at the stats that it was pretty much 50-50 in terms of possession, which showed you just how effective Posh were with the ball and, um, you know, just cutting Lincoln open and and finishing as well. I know one was a penalty, but, you know, Marriott's first was a sublime finish and his, you know, let's not underestimate his second, Posh's fourth as well, you know, so much time to potentially overthink it and then just slots it calmly through the legs of the keeper. So, um, you know, I think it's if Marriott can stay fit you know it's quite frightening for other teams in League One seeing Clark Harris and Jack Marriott who both have sort of you know one goal every two game ratio for them in posh colours um you know which includes for both of them a season in the championship shows you how just blisteringly good they are at, at League One level and now supported by Ward as well um but yeah it was just absolutely brilliant from posh and um you know there's there's some teams up there now starting to to make some real moves portsmouth ipswich um obviously ipswich top portsmouth they're scoring a hatful like posh as well already this season so um yeah just a just a great great result great performance in terms of boosting the confidence going into obviously yeah, stevenage in the cup first but two you know really good quality games now in derby and portsmouth both away
3: yeah, really good summary, that Sam. Perfect summary. You should get into radio with with a summary. Like <laughs> that. It, was, uh, it was no because you. you I wrote a, a point down which you've you've pretty much covered there. Which was Lincoln. I don't think were actually that bad. When you beat a team four it it normally means that one of the teams is dreadful. But I, I think Lincoln were okay. But like you said, we just had that ability to take it up a gear in comparison to Lincoln. I don't think it was necessarily that they were really poor. It was just that I thought Posh were really, really good. Um, it's the best that I've seen us play at home for a long, long, long time. The ability to move the ball quickly and the second phase throughout the game, that there was only one team in it with that. It was just sensational. And you, you mentioned Ward's uh JCH and Marriott there, and I think we've talked before about the the Holy Trinity. You mentioned on, I think it was on Twitter yesterday about the three Js that we've got now with with John. <laughs> yeah, Say, rubbish, head, you know? rubbish headline, wasn't it? But I had to do something with the Js, and there you go. Well, I think it's a, I think you could be onto something because that has the potential to be Holy Trinity version two doesn't it? I mean, it really does. Ward I mean, is there. You just, go. That was a coming.
1: That was a better headline straight away.
3: <laughs> Holy Trinity 2.0. It yeah, I mean, Ward is is becoming an absolute machine. We know that Johnson at this level is a bit of a cheat code, and Marriott, if he keeps fit, is he knows where the net is consistently. So those three between them, it's no surprise to us. We knew that it was they had potential, but what they showed against Lincoln was just sheer class, the three of them.
1: Yeah, it just goes back to what we were saying earlier about Joe Ward. You know, he is not a right-back. He is a right-wing back or a right-winger. I don't actually even think he's necessarily right of a front three. I think he enjoys being deeper and crossing from deep or, or running at someone and getting to the byline and and, and crossing it in that way, starting from a deeper position. So, yeah, he just, he just has to play, doesn't he? Joe Ward, you know, I think those three have, have, have pretty much now said to Grant McCann with their performances we need to be in the squad and that therefore probably means Grant's thinking "Oh, I really desperately want to play a 4-3-3 but I know I have to probably play this 3-4-1-2 and he's probably just um, caught in two minds there but but yeah I think it, it's just great signs for Posh so far, the way those three are playing. And, you know, the fact that the midfield has got, got in on the goals against Morecambe as well, Thompson's assist to Marriott at the weekend, it's just starting to click nicely that, that there's some good supply lines now. Um, because we know, don't we, if Johnson, Clark, Harris and Jack Marriott get sort of 40-ish games each this season, then between them, they're probably going to get 40, 50 goals. And, and that's a good chunk towards the total. You need to get enough points to be up there at the end of the season.
3: Yeah, and that's, that's further uh, evidence, Tom. note I think against Plymouth, they took Ward out of the game. He came off at half-time. He was nowhere near it in that first half. And and look how that game played out. I think Ward, um, echoing what Sam says there, I think I think Ward, uh, Dan, is becoming his he, first name on the team sheet now, isn't he? Yes, we've got this amazing strike partnership, but Joe Ward is the the feeding force behind that.
4: Yeah, he's Cross is unbelievable. You know, even if he's not getting the actual assist, he's putting it in a position for someone to knock it down. The better he plays, the worse it is for Peterborough, is is the best way I'm going to put it, because we are very close to losing him. And, you know, the the more he he turns it on in the transfer window, the less likely it's going to be that, you know, September 1st, he's still on the team sheet. He's got, what is it, four or five assists now at all comps? He's unreal. And, you know, you call Johnson Clark Harris a cheat code in this league. Ward is, you know, just width. He gives us so much of it. And in a formation like 3-4-3 or whatever we're playing, you know, that kind of crossing ability is essential to the way you play it. Because if you can't cross the ball, like we saw last season, we couldn't, you know, Ward wasn't in the team and our deliveries were terrible. You'd never beat the first man. You know, if you don't have that kind of ability... You just aren't going to score goals with your target man, so yeah, it's, he's essential to the way we play. And if we lose him, I think all hopes of promotion are probably going to fade very quickly. And especially if we uh, if we lose Johnson Clark Harris as well.
3: That's the pessimistic top knot that we've come to know That's <laughs> what that. we've You've missed it. Oh, haven't we just, we've got this amazing player who's setting the league alight and Dan's only four. <laughs> We're second
4: the in the league and I'm, I'm tearing us <laughs> down.
3: <laughs> no, you, you are quite right. You are quite right. I'm just very much trying to enjoy this, uh, this ride of positive feeling while it's there. Um, massive game against England. We knew that. And a huge three points in the performance really kind of gives us encouragement. Uh, on a Wednesday, no, sorry. On a Tuesday, we played Wednesday. On a Tuesday, we played, <laughs> that's right. We played Wednesday on Tuesday night. Um, I'm sure that Danny's written now in the script just to confuse me, and it worked. So he'll be he'll be loving that. So on Tuesday night we played Wednesday. That's right. I've Got it. Um, this game pretty much was decided in the first half, probably by the referee. I might be being a bit unfair there because um, it was a it was were posh on top prior to the red. Would you say, Sam? Um.
1: I'd say it was just a just a good even game. Um and you know, it's gonna make a big difference when well you say that. Obviously we've seen Posh underground the town against <laughs> nine against the nine men of MK Dons for about seventy five minutes, failed to score a
3: goal. That was a yes. fun December. Um so yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <You> said, <laughs> I, I could see the flashbacks there, Sam, as yeah, you were yeah. playing that back in your mind. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um I was gonna say a fun Christmas, but then obviously it was after Christmas, wasn't it? Between then and New Year when no one knows what day of the week it is. Um, yes, that's it. <laughs> a bit like you just then with Tuesday and Wednesday. Um so yeah, it's always gonna change the change the game, isn't it? And Rhys James is a great player as well at League One level. But it was an, it was an appalling challenge and and so you know, he's he's cost his team to a degree there and, and Posh went on and they were patient and, and they got the they got the rewards and you know, a couple of goals again. You know, the supply lines into the box, the headers. So, um, yeah, it's just just good to see that Posh stayed patient and, and and they got the breakthrough. Sure, yeah, the red card changed the game, but but, but great. Like, that, that helped Posh and it was a bad challenge that deserved being punished. You know, they're the rules. So, um, yeah, it was a, a very, very good. And I think when we come to the end of the season, it will be an excellent three points for Posh
3: yeah it was a huge result uh, certainly on paper is obviously one of the favorites to go up it's interesting there was no debate there in your your summary of that that it wasn't a red card top not red card for you
4: see i know your answer and i i do agree i i don't think it was a red not necessarily it's 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 six or one and a half a dozen of the other really isn't it it's borderline reckless it's it is dangerous it was high but I don't know, it's it's League One. You see those tackles all the time, and you don't necessarily see a red all the time. So I was I was more surprised to see the red than I would have been the yellow.
3: Matthew Kisby uh, was who obviously isn't here, is adamant that I include his view here, which is that <laughs> it's a red cards and Reese James should be banned from ever playing football again. It was never in doubt for 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 Kisby. I guess my question, Sam, would be if VAR existed at League One. Do you think they would have overturned that decision or do you think they would have kept that as a red? It's a red. I mean, you take it as a red.
1: It's high, it's dangerous, it's nowhere near the ball. It's a red card. Um, okay. Well, I would, see, I, I, thought, would, I thought I thought it was quite
3: harsh on the lad. I well, thought it was quite I'd, I'd harsh. I'd like
1: personally. to see you 2 referee again because I think it'd be hilarious. I think it'd be, it'd be great. Tim
2: playing. is a ref. <laughs> well, He's a qualified referee. There well, we he's, are. So, he's more
1: qualified than me to to, to to say to say anything, but still, I'd love to see a game with him refereeing because i I'd, I'd love the challenges flying. It's just it's, it's just
3: anarchy, Sam. <laughs> Everyone's broken legs everywhere. It's just chaos. Yeah, consistently poor. The, the 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 thing about football, of course, is it's opinionated, and that's you know why there's this whole industry around talking about opinions. But I I thought it was quite harsh, and I guess the Kisby's argument was very much, well, the rules say this, but but the rules don't give you a, a definitive, this is a description of, you know, because it's a fluid game, it's dynamic, every tackle is different. I, I, I can see why the ref has given it, and Reese James was silly for giving the referee the decision to make. He didn't need to make that tackle there, he didn't need to make that, um, that reckless a tackle, and if that was one of our players, I would be spitting feathers, but... I do think it was quite harsh. I think the ref was quite trigger happy. The ref didn't have a good view of it. He had a player in his way. And I believe the ref has reacted to the crowd's reaction rather than the the actual tackle. But it's irrelevant. It was a red card. It stands. There isn't uh, VAR at League One level, so it's a red card and it's changed the course of the game. But irrespective of, of whether we look back and see that as you know a red card or not, at the end of the season, as you quite rightly say, Sam, we'll look back and see that Peterborough United beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0 on a Tuesday. And that is a massive three points, particularly following the performance the Saturday prior against green army which was uh, very much out of keeping dan with what we've seen so far this season
4: yeah i was shocked I th- they it's like you said earlier they they took our key players out of the game and and bullied us um you, i i think you'd be forgiven for thinking it was a little bit of a gimme just based on on the the sort of drop off they had towards the end of last season in in terms of you know where they were christmas before they lost the manager um but it's we're gonna have games like that it's, it's you know really tough ground to go to we never travel amazingly well in terms of either fan base or or general turning up on the day so to do a, a five six hour round trip um each way sorry um and and you know put in that kind of performance was not at all surprising to me so we're gonna see it again don't don't think we won't. You know we've got Fleetwood away this year. We've got horrible games coming up. Um, we will have another game like that. So it's yeah, it's welcome back to League One. I think.
3: Touching um, on the Sheffield Wednesday game, just before we wrap up of that and get stuck in the the depression of Plymouth, um, we do need to give some credit to Simon Pryor. Now we did our usual um, score prediction post on Twitter. Um, and Simon actually uh, called it bang on 2-0 to Posh. And um, we need to decide on prizes for this, if people get this right. I'm thinking dinner with Kisby. Obviously, they'll have to pay because Kisby's tight. Um, but I'm thinking, Simon, if you want, you can take our Kisby out for a late birthday tea. He can have his turkey dinosaurs and some dippy sauce. Um, But no, uh, congratulations, Simon, because not many people would have got that bang on. In fact, you're the only person to get that bang on. Um, Talking to Kisby, Kisby's mum, Irish Posh, has been on. Uh, This was his take on the Wednesday game. He's put solid professional performance, best showing from Jack Taylor for a while. He managed the midfield superbly today and deserved the goal. JCH leading by example there at the end, going after that defender when the game was all but over. He goes on to say, I know D-Max always says the first few results of the season don't matter, but nine points from 12 and Posh second after four games feels pretty bloody important to me. And of course, that's now gone up to 12 after five games, but still second, which is is completely valid. So all good and well, but uh, that, that Plymouth game does leave a bit of a, a blight on the record, doesn't it, Sam? Yeah,
1: but I, I think it won't be a terrible result come the end of the season. You know, Plymouth were good last year. I think they'll be good again this year. Um, obviously they're getting the best of of Barley Mumba at the moment i think golden assists for him at the weekend at Forest Green obviously won the penalty didn't he against Frankie Kent for posh so uh, and kept Joe Ward out of the game so you know they've got some good players and home park will be a you know there won't be many teams that go there i think this season and and pick up all three points um you know, I think that their home form will certainly be the basis of a good season for Plymouth again. Um there'd be Barnsley there, of course, that's two of the relegated teams they've beaten at home now for them, just just derby to go. So yeah, I think it's obviously it was it was not great, but it was it, it, it won't be terrible come the end of the season. And actually it's probably quite useful for Posh because it put in a reaction for arguably a, a more important team to beat in, in Sheffield Wednesday. So it just gave Posh that early season reality check. Um, you know, we've seen them under Grant and under Steve Evans win the first four and then five games of the season, um, and then obviously, <laughs> as winter starts to approach, it goes downhill. So actually, you know, a, a few defeats and draws here and there in the early part of the season, I think, won't be won't be too bad for this posh team. Um, coming back from you know relegated season we don't want to start too well and get overconfident but um, yeah. yeah
3: and of course getting carried over we've got the the traditional christmas slump although um although we've had that under Grant before he, he managed to avoid that um hole so fingers crossed that puts us in uh, in good stead that he's learned what what was quite interesting i think with the plymouth game is the fact that the lineup was weird. Uh, I don't know if that's maybe the right word, but it perhaps caught by a surprise, a bit of chopping and changing, and that's why I was really pleased to see consistency in terms of an unchanged side from Wednesday to Lincoln. Um, do do you agree with that, Sam? Do you think it's important that we get that starting eleven, get a, a formation and a system we're happy with because it changed against Plymouth and it clearly went wrong.
1: Yeah, well, obviously we've seen the midfield three change a fair bit now, haven't we? Um, with with Thompson, Taylor, Kipriano, and Fuchs being the four into that three. If Posh are playing this 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 three five two effectively, so be interesting to see how Grant uses it. Obviously, Fuchs was brought in in January, trying to keep Posh up in the championship. And um, okay, yeah, he he was sort of brought in as a bit of a of a wrecking ball, um, but not because Posh had less possession necessarily. You know, Posh were like 12th or 13th in the possession table in the Championship last season. So it wasn't that he was brought in to to stop other people playing. It was, I think, probably so they didn't get hit on the counter-attack. And um, that's why we maybe saw Fuchs come out after the first game of the season. You know, when Posh are going to have more of the ball, they're not going to play him. Um, and Kipriani played instead. But then obviously Fuchs has come back in since then and played at the weekend. So it'd be interesting to see how that develops over the course of the season that that four into three and I think that's probably the area we'll see the most tweaks for posh um possibly the back line now obviously having said that because Knight came out and and Thompson came in um but yeah hopefully there will be a a little bit of rotation I'm I'm not too I'm never too fussed if it goes one change two changes when it starts to be three four five over the course of a a month or two that you start to think oh dear they don't know what they're doing here it's it's all a little bit uncertain so yeah I think there's there's been a good level of consistency, I think, so far to to Posh.
3: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that um that uh, Thompson Fuchs Taylor uh trio does seem to really have a bit of um a bit of grit to it. I, I really like Thompson. I think he's he's we talked about perhaps surprise sign-ins. I think he's one that's caught me off guard slightly. His his a second ball ability um is by far the best of that three. And if you match that with with Fuchs and the, the grit and the engine room that he's got and in Taylor's ability to find players, um, they've definitely got um they, they've definitely got a uh, th- there's definitely potential with them three. Um I guess in terms of chopping and changing, you can you can manage your opponents in that respect, can't use a pending on any specific threats when you've got those three there. And they seem to seem to be working quite well. Uh, which is what we like. I know we're only five games in, so it's wrong to look at the league table. But you mentioned earlier, uh, quite rightly so, that the the teams that are up there now in that top six are probably the teams that you would maybe expect. Um, Top six at the moment is uh, Ipswich, Posh, Portsmouth, Wednesday, Plymouth and Charlton. Uh, Dan, any surprise in no six? Do you think it's fair to say that they'll probably be sort of the, the half a dozen or so up there, maybe with perhaps one or two changes?
4: It's the usual suspects, really, at this point, isn't it? I, I think Pompey have had a a few bad years, so to see them back up there from a purely a football fan point of view is nice to see. But from a a we played League One point of view, that's terrible Um, because you know it's the worst thing I can possibly think of to have to go all the way down to Portsmouth and have to really battle for a win um, rather than you know playing a a mid-table team struggling. But. Yeah, I think you know you make a good point. Five games in, it's it's not really a good assessment of where the league's at. You know who's going to be on top, who's who's struggling. You know what signing is going to be a flop. There's too many variables at this point in the season to be making an assessment. But you know we've got big games coming up. We've got Derby. We've got Portsmouth in, in you know both in a matter of weeks. So I think personally, my point of view is that we would have a good assessment of where we are come you know towards the end of this month middle of next month you know if if we're still top two i swear i'd expect us to finish if we're sort of dripping down into the the playoffs then
3: i think we're in for a rough year basically what you're saying there is tim that's a stupid question why why are we talking about a league table after five games that's what you're saying there essentially yeah yeah essentially who's in the relegation zone because i
4: guarantee two of those teams won't be there come the end of the season
3: Cheltenham, MK Dons, let's hope so, Morecambe and Burton. I mean, Burton are just having a dreadful time.
1: So unlike Jimmy Floyd Hasselback, isn't it? But mm. um, I think he's generally come into Burton when they've needed to go on the up. Um, and, and he's done that. And and now um, they're obviously very much on the down. But um, yeah. MK Dons, yeah, I, losing Harry Darling. And I know he's a former Cambridge player, but actually he looks really good, um, and Scott Twine. They were always going to be hurt by that, always. But um, you'd think maybe they will have enough to get out of that by the end of the season. But um, but yeah, it's looking very grim for Burton. 14 goals conceded already in
3: five I oh, know, they're having a nightmare. They are, And and as an employee of uh, BBC Radio Cambridge here, Sam, it's only right that we do also give a slight nod to those in the South for the county because... Freelance, yeah. So I'm a bit Freelance, that's, that's fine, a bit, yeah. but you know there's an alignment there to neutrality, and I, I think not really they, they deserve a nod. No,
1: I, I, well, this is talking as a posh fan through gritted teeth. Mark Bonnet is quite impressive as a coach. Yeah, um we'll that's that. not to say anything else further, but that's well, that's where we'll leave it. He, he speaks well, and he he is doing with what you would say on the face of it, Ed, not necessarily a squad that you'd put as a top half league one side. He is, it doesn't he,
3: matter how much I back you into a corner, Sam, you find a way out, whether it was he's Ricky doing a good Jones, job. <laughs> Cambridge, I'm doing everything I can to get some controversy, but it's just we'll still happening. beaten him twice, but he is doing a good job.
4: I think it's quite surprising that Wickham aren't on in the conversation at the moment. I mean, they're thirteenth in the league, and oh, what a shame it is. Um <laughs> it's, it's almost as if two seasons ago when they got promoted, they didn't deserve to be there. Um <laughs> Although yeah. it, they, they did do well in the, the end of the championship, didn't they? They didn't they?
1: Did nearly survive. So did that. we. How <laughs> dare you? Yeah, yeah. But look, it's great that they're in League One, um, and we get to play them twice again this season. So um, with no Akin
4: so, Fenwer, oh, yeah, sensational. Do
1: you know I once, um, I once nearly went for a Nando's with Akin Fenwer. Um, <laughs> just a, a mutual friend who was who was my boss at the time, and Akin Fenwer was one of his clients, and he was about an hour late, and they were about to turf my boss out of Nando's. And uh, he said, trust me, wait, this table will be worth about five hours' worth of food by the time he turns up. And honestly, I think he spent about £100 just on himself in Nando's. He had oh, two wow. uh, He had two four fam- family of four sharing platters for himself.
0: Wow,
3: <laughs> clucking hell, that's crazy. So, <laughs> oh, that's uh, terrible, chicken, But uh, This just in, apparently, uh, our producer has posted a pic of us Um as a preview to the next episode. And uh, at Ben P U F C on Twitter has said, whereabouts can I find Tim in the Peterborough Museum? Uh, thanks for that, Ben. Uh, I appreciate it. Just because I've got grey hair. Um, I am, despite the rumours, only 33. I've just had a very rough paper round, and this is what working in the end. No, you you're a, you're a posh fan. <laughs> yeah, that's a valid point. Actually, that's a valid point. I'm a pessimistic posh fan, so um, that's what's giving me the grey hair. Yeah, I just you know I don't have the the manly hairstyles that you two have. Top knot with is you know well top knot, and Sam, you've got a good set of hair as well. So be- between the three of us, I'm very much going to stand out there.
1: I think good's being very generous it's there's a lot of it it's not necessarily good. <laughs> no, it's definitely, not uh,
3: top top of, top
1: of the pops with this one
4: see i love how we're still committed to the top knot name even though i've not had a top knot for god coming hey, on a year now you do realize you're the one who's
3: written it as your name here honestly. no i
4: didn't danny changed
3: if you have a top knot, if you have a top knot, dan then that's it as far as I'm concerned, you're always got a me. top knot. If you make that decision to look up, look in the mirror, put your hair in a top knot, and go, "Yeah, I look all right there," then that's it. That's staying with you for for the rest of your days. Um, yeah, that's fair. Good, happy days. Are you a fan of The Yellow Block? Do you want to hear episodes before everyone else? Then get yourself a membership into The Yellow Block Club. For just £2.49 per month, you can hear all the episodes earlier, get access to behind-the-scenes content, and access our archive, which is where all our old episodes are that are no longer online. All this while supporting your favourite posh podcast to keep producing great content throughout the 2022-23 season. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash The Yellow Block and sign up today. Another double feature coming up then. So we had a double against Plymouth. We've now got a double against Stevenage over the next week. Uh this time in the cups. So just the uh the Evans Classico. We've got them in the League Cup and then in the Happy Shopper Cup. I mean, who who gives a shit about that anyway, but apparently we do. Um if we just touch on cups slightly then, Sam, do you care about the uh the, the car- no, what are we the what is it this season? Is it still yeah, the so. Johnson Paint. What? What is it now? Is it Kellogg's? I forget what we're at at the minute. The the little cup that we don't care about unless we make the final.
1: Oh, as in the Football League Trophy? Is that the one? We're the talking Football about? League Trophy. That's is it. That yeah, it? we've got. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. We'll go with yeah. that one. Or the
3: yeah. Uh, yeah, the McDonald's Happy Meal cup or whatever. it is.
1: <laughs> Every winner gets one. Um, uh, do I? No, not really. Obviously, Good. it gave a great day out at Wembley, didn't it, back in 2014? Um, but. No, don't, don't really care at all. To be what
3: about the League Cup? Because we've obviously got them in that as well.
1: Yeah, I care about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice to see that Posh could, you know, hopefully by the time we're next recording the pod, being round three of the League Cup. I honestly cannot remember the last time that happened. We've had a, a terrible run in the Cup. Was it when we played, played Newcastle? Was it back in about yes. 10 years ago? And that was um, when
3: they had Tim Krull in goal when he was but a wee lad. And I remember thinking, he's probably the best keeper I've ever seen at London Road. And then obviously he went on to forge a pretty successful career in the Premiership. So that's my memory of of uh, of that game. Yeah, quite right. That was that was many years back.
1: That was a championship year, wasn't it? Um,
3: yeah, yeah, it champ- probably was. Probably, yeah. would been, yeah. Um, yeah, it
1: probably would have been, yeah. I can't remember which of those ones, but yeah, around 2010 that time. Um, so yeah, so it's a great great chance to get Get, get through against Stevenage and um and get a decent draw in round three. So, um yeah, don't don't normally care about it. I love the FA Cup, but yeah, the FA Cup. Then next down and Football League Trophy.
3: No, until you get we to the semi final. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then suddenly it's the most important uh, competition. Oh yeah, the then area. I love it.
1: Then it's brilliant. <laughs> then it's a great idea. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. That um with the fact we've got a couple of big league games coming up, Dan, would you be looking at rotation for the cup games?
4: See, I feel personally attacked because it's well documented that <laughs> I
3: absolutely love a cup run. I love, a, I'd, I'd, I love I'd a like... cup
1: run too. To be fair, but um, that's what I'm saying. After the EFL Trophy group stage rubbish, a few games after that, then it starts to get interesting. That's when it's a run. Then,
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't make a good run if you don't turn up in the knockout stages of you know the EFL Cup or the uh, of the FA Cup. I would like I'd like to see us, us put a good side out but I'm very conscious of the fact that we've got two massive games in the league coming up in the next two weeks as well. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Put the kids out. Just just fob this one off. Stevenage aren't great I hope. Um and we'll we'll see what comes of it.
3: Actually, Stevenage has started quite well uh, Don't say that under Steve Evans, to be fair. But um, yeah, we're just moving swiftly on. So this coming week is away at Stevenage in the Carabao Cup. Then we're away at Wayne Rooney's Derby County. I'm fully aware they're no longer Wayne Rooney's Derby County, but they will forever be known as that. Um, And then the uh, week on Wednesday, uh, sorry, week on Tuesday, we've got Stevenage at home in the Papa John's. That's where we're at, Papa John's uh, trophy before we then... Uh, travel down south, away at Pompey, um, and we'll be recording uh, the weekend that we play Pompey. So two league games here. If we disregard the Cups just for a second, I think we're all in agreement. We don't care too much about the Papa John's, but would potentially like a run in the League Cup. Derby and Portsmouth. Two big, big games, Sam. Derby haven't started that well, but their place Huge. And let's not forget, of course, their place last season played out for a season-defining moment. Yes, we lost, but it was that moment. If it was the following day or that afternoon that Fergie went, that's it for me. I'm jumping ship. So be nice to go there and, um, and, and set a new record, perhaps, as in rewrite the rhetoric of uh, Derby County away.
1: Yeah, there have been some miserable days, Derby away, haven't there? That one last season was awful and... Uh... I think Posh barely got out of their own half. Um, although the red cards were entertaining, weren't they? And um, oh. that first game of the championship season, when we first went up um, and we lost 2-1, I think, George Boyd equalised and then they got a penalty later on as well. So, yeah, some, some not great memories of Pride Park. But they're, you know, what, what are they? They're just outside the playoffs, aren't they, at the moment? And the feature of their last two games has been shoot, 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 shoot. Can't score for Toffy. That's 30 shots yeah. they've had over two games. So, yeah. Um, I think if they keep up that rate of shooting, they're they're not going to they're not going to be um you know they're going to start scoring goals again soon. So I think Fleet would block something like twelve shots against them at the weekend. So uh, a very committed performance. But yeah, I think we always do this, don't we, heading into games like this? How many points do you think would be good for Posh to return with? And I think I'd take a couple of draws at this stage. I'd also take one win and one defeat. I think you know that would that would be okay for for me going into these two games don't know what everyone else thinks but um but yeah i think that i, I think i'd take a couple of draws so you know they don't pick up points um or, or win one lose
3: one obviously i'd
0: yeah, love to it's... win
1: both but you know obviously yeah that's good.
3: <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a kisby saying sam but yeah i, I know i, I, well, I know I know, I know what you mean he's not here, yeah so i thought <laughs> I know what you mean. I totally get what you mean. Actually, it's, and it's you're right about Pride Park not being a happy hunting ground for us. We've only ever won once away at Derby County, and that was back in 1993, back in the old League Division One. So um, it's not a good place for us to go and play. Um, our overall record at Derby, we've uh, won five, drawn two, and lost seven. That's both home and away. So um, it's a tough game. It's a tough team so guess, to play for is us. That-
1: was that the baseball ground then? When we beat
3: them? would have been it. Yeah, it was yeah. pre Pride Park because that opened late nineties. So yeah, it would have been would have been the old baseball ground. Um, Dan Darby, any expectations from this one? No, not necessarily. I think <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a big crowd, aren't
4: we? You know, I mean, what do we take last year? You'd hope so. It? You'd hope so. So maybe they can get behind the team, but. You know, you go to any ground like that, which is a championship quality ground with championship quality fans, you know, you're staring down the barrel of 22 and screaming, um, or whatever they want to call themselves these days. And, you know, it's going to be intimidating. So it's going to be a tough game for us. If we can get a draw out of it, I'm happy
3: enough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a real test of might for us. I think it's two tough games, Dan, which do you think is tougher Derby away or Portsmouth away? I'm
4: going to say Portsmouth. Derby, like Sam said, haven't scored necessarily a lot of goals yet this season. And oh, Portsmouth are slapping them in every game. And, you know, for a team that defends like we do, which is not well, um, we rely on outscoring teams. And that seems to be the the sort of method that Pompey are taking now. So it's going to be goals galore. I and mean, he's got 0-0 written over it now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, It's It's going to be a lot of goals in that game. And if we can... Pip the last one I'll be happy enough
3: and uh, how many points from these two for you
4: I, I would be happy with two I would be to be honest I think we take four I think we can just about steal something at Derby happy
3: with two is that the right word
4: happy with two <sighs> it's away days and I'm, I'm. we can make London Road into a fortress but away days I'm scared of and I always have been it's just iffy and we never travel well and Pompey is a long journey
1: that's PTSD from last season though
4: isn't it in the away yeah. games it is, but also PTSD from Fleetwood every other season before that, so <laughs> Any, anything over three hours I'm away struggling. from Peterborough, I'm I'm struggling. It's could. Also, I wish
1: you could all see Top Knot's face when Tim was absolutely you were you were you were really going from there. The grimacing, happy with happy with two.
3: <laughs> yeah, because I'm not happy with two. And you know, if we if if we've got these real lofty expectations, I know we've said that there's 12 teams in this league that could. You wouldn't be surprised if they went on a on a title run. So with that in mind, you can't be going into these games going yeah, we'll we'll take a draw, we'll beat him at our place. Because if you do that through the course of the season, we're not going to get enough points to go up. So we've got to start looking at some of these games and thinking we've got to win that. And I'm not happy with two points from Derby and Portsmouth away. And that probably says something about our expectations at the moment and the quality of this squad. But having seen what we've just seen against Lincoln and Wednesday, I mean, come on, lads, we've just scored six goals against two of the strongest teams in the league. Without reply, yes, there was a red card, but look at our performance against Lincoln. You can't go somewhere like Derby, who have done okay, and be, yeah, we're happy with a point because we've got another tough game next week. Did you just say Lincoln are one of the strongest
4: sides in the league?
3: Well, they're one of many, let's be honest. They're, they're a game that you look at normally as a posh fan and think, that's no way a gimme. That's going to be a tough game. That's because we elevate it
4: as the Franny Green derby and, and make it out <laughs>
3: to be this big game that it's not.
4: Lincoln are an appalling side, and they've dropped off a long way from the 3-3 thriller uh, two seasons ago now.
3: 3 3 what was that? that doesn't, I don't remember that. No, it, it doesn't just, not ring a bell. Okay. No. no, it doesn't Um Two points though, I don't know, let us know what you think if you're listening because I'm not I'm not sure two points is enough, don't get me wrong, end of the season you would probably look back at those results in isolation and think that's fine, that's an okay result away but I don't know, I'm still irked about losing away to Plymouth and that's a tough place to go and play so I think it's my expectations at the moment Um I just, I just, I've got real. I think the sky's the limit for this group. There's no reason we can't go to Derby and pick up a point. Portsmouth Sam is a, a tough one because they are free scoring, like posh. So, like Dan says, this will probably be a nil a nil. nil. Um, we won't condone betting, but put it on nil nil if you are going to uh, have a flutter on this one. Um, what, what do you expect from from Portsmouth uh, Portsmouth posh?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think I probably agree with Top It's it's the more difficult of the two based on on current form and i know we're only five games into the season we can keep saying that throughout this podcast can't we the whole magic you don't don't pay attention to the table till it gets to 10 but you know they've strung together some 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 very good results now um obviously that, that crazy draw against Sheffield Wednesday on the opening game of the season and we know how good Sheffield Wednesday have, have been predicted to be at the start of the season. They then um, drew against Lincoln, so um, at home, obviously, and then and then three wins in a row since and, and scoring some some good goals alongside that as well, coming from behind against Cambridge to, to go and score four, which was great. Um, and they're going into this in a, a really good run of form. I know that they weren't, from some quarters expected to be as good this season, but then they went and signed Colby Bishop and he's had a good start to the season as well. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it will be really tough. Danny Cowley, it feels like we never do that well against the Danny Cowley team. Um, Certainly when he was, he was at Lincoln, I think we, I don't think we did very well against them, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a really tough one. It's, it's, you Know one of those, you know, they're two very similar games, aren't they? Big clubs in terms of their, their history, their tradition, and um, big crowds as well. So, uh, it would be, be good, but but this posh squad, I used to that from last season, so you'd hope that wouldn't really be too much of an issue. And, um, yeah, I'm liking the positivity, Tim, in terms of thinking, you know, he's a great squad, and we could go there and, and get get six points from both and three from Derby, three from Portsmouth. So, yeah, this is this is good, positive, Timmy.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm very much one side or the other though, Sam. You'll you'll notice that I'm either we're gonna win the league and go on and win the Champions League in two seasons time, or I'm very much kind of it's National League North for us in a couple of seasons. There's no in between. I'm never content just to be a happy League One team. And just quickly, Sam, Derby County, help me out with an argument here that I was having yesterday. Are they in the top three in terms of biggest clubs in League One? Um I've, I yeah. yes. Yes is yes. the answer. Yes. yes. Good. Then, Wonderful.
1: Then if the- switch and who else will we put put in the top? Sheffa Wednesday, probably.
3: <laughs> See, look, Danny, our yeah, producer, our forest, forest supporting. Of yeah. So I'm glad that he's listening. So the the debate, we'll call it a debate, uh, that I had yesterday with producer Danny. He was trying to tell me that Derby aren't in the top three in terms of biggest clubs in this division. And he was trying to tell me that the likes of Portsmouth, Wednesday, Ipswich, Morecambe, no, he didn't say Morecambe, that all these clubs were were bigger than Derby. And I'm trying to explain to him it's because of his weird obsession with hating the club uh, that he's trying to tell me, look, he's trying to tell me now in the chat, Wednesday, Ipswich, and Pompey are the biggest three clubs in the league, end of debate. I think that's bollocks. I think Derby are, are are in that top three without a shadow.
1: It's difficult, isn't it? Because in one mind, I'm thinking Portsmouth's obviously won something more recently, the FA Cup, back in, when was it, 2008? But then Portsmouth have also been down at League Two. Um, derby have a bigger stadium. Um, sorry, Wayne Rooney's Derby or Frank Lampard's Derby. <laughs> Yeah, no one calls it Liam Rossini's Derby, do they? No, it doesn't um, have the
2: same
3: ring, does it? Yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wayne Rooney's I... not even in the country anymore, and it still is. Club.
1: <laughs> at, at the risk of being kicked off of this pod by Danny, I'm I'm sticking with Ipswich Wednesday and Derby. What, you, what, what yeah. about you, Top Knot? What are you thinking? You got you got the casting vote here.
4: In terms of fan base currently, if you look at the stadiums, I, I would probably agree with you. But I don't know. Pompey have always been this. This big club in in my mind, even though you know they've not been in the top flight for coming on twelve years. I I, I they will always be that massive club regardless of where they are. So I, I think Yeah, but you can could... drop
3: Ipswich. Ipswich are a big club, but only because that's all there is around there. So I think you drop Ipswich out of that top three and have Wednesday, Derby and Pompey.
1: And we have not talking about Bolt. We're not talking about Bolt. Yeah, and there's
3: Charlton as well that you can throw into the mix. There's big clubs. Don't get silly, Tim. Um, <laughs> Alan
1: Kerbisley's <laughs> Charlton.
3: Yeah, Forest Green, huge clubs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Danny's just put in the chat, let's leave it here. I'll go away and crunch your numbers and have the report on your desk in time for the next podcast. So stand by, listeners. But in the meantime, I know I'm asking a lot of you. I've asked your opinion on a lot, but let us know, are Derby County in the top three in terms of massive clubs in League One, because I would argue they are. And it segues nicely to Tim's away ground day guide, away day guide. I can't remember my own feature now. Um, I've not done one for Pompey, but I have done one for the next away game, which is Pride Park. Pride Park up next for posh as we head north to take on Not Wayne Rooney's Derby County, the elite team in the East Midlands. That's a special nod to our Forest supporting producer Danny there. Lots of poshies will be familiar with this one having made the pilgrimage last campaign. 33,000 capacity odds just over. It's a relatively modern ground having been opened in the late 90s. Poshis are wedged in between the east and south stands with a fantastic view of the ground uh, and the action. Coupled with it's what normally a decent atmosphere. You can expect a pretty good away day here. It's probably one of the best in League One, if I'm honest. It was certainly one of the best in the championship. So I'm sure that's filtered down. Dead easy to get to if you're driving. M1 junction 25, A52 towards Derby. Bish bash bosh um when pride park made my away game guide last campaign i championed the derby conference center for parking and to be honest i'd echo that again now the navigation in is another solid choice and we're in uh, now we're in league one you may even have some luck in the derby arena car park which is right next to the stadium itself that would set you back about 10 pound a car but it is close and caveat prices have gone up a lot everywhere since then so it may be more expensive You've also got the usual private driveway rentals. They're an option. So things like yourparkinspace.co.uk, check them out. When we played here last season, the trains were on strike or broken or not working. I can't remember what it was, but for whatever reason, they weren't working at the time. Thankfully, at the moment, all seems well this coming weekend, unless me saying that has cursed it. 10-minute walk from Derby Station to the ground. There's an exit straight from the station to the retail park, which is where the ground is. Take that. You can't go wrong. The navigation in near the ground is good for pre-match drinky-poos. That's just a nod to Jared's. They also do a decent uh, amount of pub grub. Failing that, you've got the Harvester, which is a five-minute walk from the ground, or a number of other pubs near the railway station, such as the Station Inn and the Tiffany Lounge. Just a heads up with the pubs near the railway station, though. Don't wear your colours, or you ain't going to be getting in. Fun fact about Derby, staggering 18 pubs in the city make the camera good beer guide, which means one of two things. They're either alcoholics or they have discerning taste for real ale. I'm not sure which. Back in the ground, and it's pucker pies on the menu, plus the normal Catering options of burgers, hot dogs, etc. However, last time I noticed that they sell something called a stand up pasty. I wonder if it tells jokes. Oh, and opposite the ground is every food outlet you could think of. Greg's, Burger King, KFC, McDonald's, Pizza Frankie and Benny's, and so on and so forth. Now I understand why Jared was texting me the other day asking if I wanted to go to this one. In all seriousness, though, this is, in my opinion, as I've said, one of the best away games we can expect this season. Plenty of parking, good proximity to railway station, loads of food and drink options, the atmosphere, the view. It's great fun. If you are going, enjoy Oh, and just to wrap up, here's an interesting fact for you. All of Derby's three home grounds that they've had in their existence have hosted England international matches, which makes Derby the only team to host England international games on three different grounds. Massive club, much bigger than Forest. Good. That's our away ground guide for this week. So I've not done one for Pompey, but if you are going to to Derby, have fun. It's a great away game. Uh, well, it's a great atmosphere. Whether or not it'll be a great away game, I can't promise. And certainly based on previous years, it probably won't be. I'm trying to think, Sam. You said about the red cards. I remember, they had Tom Lawrence sent off. Was it Colson that was sent off for us in the first half? That's right, because he was all out of sorts on that left back, wasn't it? And he just had a mare.
1: Well, he was up against, I can't remember the name of the lad now, but he was, he was one of the quickest players I've ever seen. Yeah, and then Nathan Thompson did a Nathan Thompson and got got Lawrence sent off, um, which was yes, which was why we love Nathan Thompson. But yeah, that was the best part of that afternoon.
3: But we still lost the game, and it cost Fergie's job. So other than that, it was a great day out. It is a good, it is a good ground. I mean, Sam, you've been all over the country. You champion Pride Park as one of the best away games in this league, right?
1: Oh yeah, up there good.
3: in the top three. <laughs> I'm very I conscious. I
1: was going to say something about Forest then, but actually, I realised that I quite like Forest City Ground as well, and uh, so I just left it there. Hence,
3: the hence the pause. Yeah, I am very yeah. conscious that for the last ten minutes we've done nothing but blow smoke up Derby's ass as well. So um, this isn't a Derby pod, and I do hate them with a passion. But um, we're just trying to wind up producer Danny really. Darren Ferguson recently did an interview with the coach's voice in which he said, Sam, that Peterby United lacked ambition to stay in the championship. Something I was saying many, many times last campaign. Um, what's your take on what uh, Fergie Jr. had to say?
1: Yeah, well, he was obviously annoyed, wasn't he, by the, the recruitment as well in in the January and some of the players they got in. But um I think the thing that I took away from it all was that. What we were discussing at the time when he left was that he just couldn't face the prospect of being back in League One with with Posh um, or being back in League One at all, which is, is a bit odd slightly. Maybe it is just with Posh, because surely his next job, I'd be surprised if he got a championship job as his as his way back in. But um, I think it just confirmed everything we thought, really. Obviously, things weren't quite right. He wasn't quite happy. didn't enjoy it anymore. Didn't feel like he could do any more than he already was. And that wasn't enough. And, um, and yeah, just didn't want to be back in League One. So um, he'd obviously been wrestling with that for a little while. And actually, as it turned out, it's a shame he didn't decide earlier because McCann came in and turned every single positive, you know, every single important metric the right way. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was, I was wondering when he was going to do something and break the silence and it's it's taken half a year. Um, so, yeah, read it with interest, but I think it just confirmed everything that sort of was discussed at the time, really.
3: Yeah, fair enough. One other piece of uh, news that's doing the round at the minute, Dan. London Road's got a screw loose. Um, the safe standing is uh, yet again divided opinion. Well, it's not really divided opinion. It's just proven incredibly unpopular. Our um, Matthew Kisby's been to a couple of home games and each time has sent us pictures of screws coming out the ground where the safe standing isn't actually secured into the ground. And there's been some criticism around the security and the excessive searching um, and checking of tickets. Uh, your take on that?
4: The tickets thing is easily solvable. Um, that's a that's a club issue. <clears throat> the searching is a league-wide issue because idiots keep running on the pitch and punching players and setting off flares. So, you know, that's, you know, deal with it, basically. Um, but, yeah, the safe standing is an issue. And I think there's a lot of questions to be asked on, on why the club's done it. I mean, I know, obviously, it prepares us for the championship going straight back up, which is the aim. But if we're serious about the Embankments stadium, we really shouldn't be making all these improvements to the ground and, and, you know, just essentially wasting money because that's all it is. So it's a strange one. I I'm sort of in two minds myself, you know, I'm, I'm relatively happy that we're modernizing, but you have to ask yourselves why we're modernizing a stadium that's, you know, coming up to a hundred years old when we're, Apparently, meant to be building a new one and haven't an even broken ground despite having approval for it for god, what two years now. So, yeah, I, I'd like the club to make a statement on that, to be
3: honest. Um, our friend of the show, um, Peter Burrow Wayne Daly is looking for raffle prizes for his charity fund day, which is an aid of Sue rider and the Peter Peter. Borough United charity challenges. Um, if you do have anything that you could donate in terms of auction prizes or raffle prizes, um, he's at 1934 Rabbit, so at 1934 Rabbit on Twitter. Um, make contact with Wayne and I'm sure he'll be happy to take those off your hands. Uh, just before we wrap up, I want to set you guys some homework in uh anticipation of the next pod. Um one thing you could change about this sport that we love, whether it be a rule, a tradition. Anything at all, you can change one thing about this sport, and this extends to the listeners as well. So, as much as I've asked you to get in contact a lot, please do again. One thing could be anything could be that you want a scrap bar, could be that you want only, I don't know, home fans in a stadium, it could be that you want referees to come and do post match interviews, whatever it might be. One thing, if you could change about football let us know what it is and the same goes for you fellas because i want to discuss that on the next pod join us in a fortnight for that pod don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review and rate this pod on apple Podcasts and spotify it does help us climb the podcast charts and also helps us realize that we're not actually sat talking to ourselves join us in a fortnight good luck and have fun if you're going to watch posh at either derby stevenage or portsmouth up the posh